So like I think with with you, would you say like how would you say you mentally prepared for that um for your your journey? Of so to prepare beforehand, um, you know, I think I, I don't think I was best prepared or hundred percent prepared, but I did prepare. And I think you know one of the things I always speak about is the importance of premarital counseling. Um, you know, both of you going and speaking about marriage, even though it's still in theoretical terms, is good because it starts to uncover things. So if you say, for example, if you sit down with, um, you know, somebody who's going to counsel you before marriage and they say something like, um, on a day-to-day, who's going to do the dishes? It might seem like an obvious question, oh, we'll take turns. Or you might say something like, um, I'll do it. I actually quite like doing it. Or I think you're, you should do it or blah, blah, blah. But what happens when they continue to ask those questions is you start to have more and more insight as to how you came across these ideas. So if a, if a man, for example, says, mm. well, obviously she's going to do it, then we're like, okay, so why do you say it's obvious? Uh, because I came from a traditional home and my my mom did all of that and my dad, you know, went to work. Okay, how has that affected your view on marriage? Well, I I just really think that, you know, this is this and that and like that. Does this woman look like, in terms of how you interact with her, does she look like she's going to be a traditional wife? No. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. No, because she's always talking back, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Why do you have an issue with her talking back? I just feel like so so much disrespect. Okay, why do you hear this as disrespect? Before you know it, you actually start to understand way more about yourselves and your dynamic. So I really, I, I, I did premarital counseling and it was like, I think maybe like, I want to say like at least five weeks, um, if not more of yeah. regularly seeing, um, it was actually two married couples who did it at my church um and so that that was that's one thing i say to prepare because i think a lot of these issues that you may be going through mentally you don't even realize it um and and sometimes it's in i really believe that like god gives you the partner who gives you the best chance at healing so what you'll find is if you have Mm -hmm. an under um an undiscovered trust issue He's going to give you a partner that's going to press that button. And, and you'd you be like, why is this person, why does it seem like the one who's closest to me always gets on my nerves? Because they're prompting that process of you to realize, become more self-aware and also have the opportunity to heal. Usually, like, for example, if you come from a home where there wasn't much affection, what you may find is you marry somebody who's very affectionate all the time. And you're like, why are you always hugging on me? Like, leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, that's what we do in my house. We hug on everybody. And you're like, why well, didn't do that? And then you're like, well, how did, how did that make you feel? I don't know. Like, I'm okay. Leave me alone. But what you start to realize over time is there's an element to which you want to feel closeness. You want to feel intimacy. And you've actually put up barriers to that because you've grown up where it wasn't normal. Yeah. So God has now given you or you, you've now, let's say you've picked you picked a spouse who loves to hug. That spouse, in the course of being married to them, is going to take you on a journey towards breaking down that walls of intimacy. And you're going to now 
what you're now going to find is that over time, if you are doing it properly, you're going to learn from your spouse because they've got a whole different life experience than you. So I really believe that, you know, when we do the counselling beforehand uh, and also continuing that process of learning from each other and growing with each other, um, we're able to go on a mental health journey together um, in which we are able to, through the act of loving and building relationship and trust and and intimacy and all these things start to heal one another from issues that may have happened um, beforehand. Um, this is obviously not, I don't say get married as a substitute to go into therapy. I'm saying they go hand. Um, in terms yeah. of other mental ways to prepare, I think, you know, <coughs> it's a shame that so many people go through so many relationships, um, but don't take stock. And I think, you know, I'm not really an advocate for like racking up a whole um, series of wild experiences and, you know, doing too. Mm. I know you, yeah. men- you mentioned, you mentioned, you had a clear on, on, the on the fact that I'm like, no one just walks out and goes, all right, that's my wife and gets married unless that's an arranged marriage. So not that anybody's perfect or that, you know, the first person you pick has to end up being your wife. But what I, I don't, advocate for is just this extended um adolescence in which you don't take any responsibility but you continue to want the benefits of women's bodies um intimacy uh interaction uh, but you want to minimize commitment and responsibility so now that you've taken these things seriously i think if you're really really honest with yourself every time you go into a relationship with somebody and it doesn't work out you have a great opportunity to evaluate and to also listen, listen to what the complaints were about you. And this goes for men and women, men and women. Listen, listen. Mm, yeah, men it's and not women. Bi- it's not, listen, not you have to li- like as a woman go back and say, what do my boyfriends say about me? What do my exes say about me? If they, if my exes had to give a one line account of as to why we broke up or why we didn't work out. What do, what do they say? What are the common things that keep coming up? That's self-awareness. And the self-awareness is going to be a big part of you addressing any mental health issues that you may have. Because if they all say, I don't feel like you trust me, you might that might be an indicator of trust issues. If you look back over the course yeah. of your girlfriend and they say that you never really had time for me, then you might have to address why is it that I say I like this person I put all this time and effort into chasing them. And then once I'm with them, I don't give them time anymore. What's going on with me? Because that doesn't even make sense. Maybe I need to address something within myself. I think taking that time yeah. to just be honest and, and, and real with your self-evaluation after relationships is a great key. I mean, relationships aren't the same as marriage. There's obviously new dimensions when you get married, or there should be. But you have some good indicators. Um, and you do have friends and family members who will speak to you. And, and, and sometimes in our day and age where we kind of encourage just kind of building your own narrative or living your own truth or whatever it is, it actually encourages us to avoid the journey we need to go on and avoid the growth we need to take, um, it, especially when it comes to mental health. You know, there, there's a lot of delusion that is uh, encouraged today. And I really think that, you know, evaluation, real honest evaluation is, is a big key, a big key here in terms of preparing for marriage mentally. 
but sometimes that is do you know sometimes like what you said about like obviously you're not gonna go into every single of your exes but when you kind of feel like all your look at all your breakups and this always kind of say the same thing or even if it's different you kind of feel like well okay maybe i need to work on this because sometimes it is it's scary being honest mm-hmm. with yourself like i said before when i said it before yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a good guy I, I feel like i'll be i'll be married i can't i'll be okay but sometimes I think, I think to myself okay like but like you might have some issues that you need to address but I'll be like nah I, i'll just i'll be fine it's not that it's not that deep i'll be fine but it's like it's delusional to think that you you have you can go into anything without preparing yourself for it like whether that's well, it, well mentally like i said but often no you just think you know what like i said no i don't think no one should be like any woman should be like your therapist in a sense where like you're well i don't know maybe that's 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 subjective in it but like like you should all i believe that you should work on yourself as much as you can mm-hmm. so that you don't kind of bring any sort of you don't, you don't kind of allow your partner to inherit any issues that will that ultimately will put your marriage at some at in some jeopardy like of course yeah when you come you come together as one you know you're you do things as one but sometimes there can be some things that you're de- some demons you're dealing with and you think you know what? no i'm gonna just it'll be fine the marriage the marriage will, will will basically make those demons disappear but it's like no it's not gonna work like that you're gonna have to go through certain things and it's interesting what you said about yeah, can I clarify that? you know what like we the marriage doesn't kind of like, make the demons disappear right that's what i just want to make clear there because i don't want people to misunderstand that like yeah. just come and dump all your problems on your spouse is very i want to be very clear that you don't do that i i genuinely believe that naturally through the course of living with somebody they will prompt and give you the best chance at resolving the issues but there are people who are who maintain the same issues all the way through their life and never change and and that's sad but it's real you still have to do the work getting a partner is not a way out from doing the work but what you are doing is you're getting somebody who's going mm. to one walk with you and two show you your blind spots yeah, I, I didn't say it when you said it, but deep down, everybody who's alive believes that they're fundamentally good. Even if a guy says, oh, I'm an absolute scumbag, he still deep down believes he's good because he wants good things for himself. And so when people yeah. say they're good, obviously it's to varying degrees. People are like, well, I only shoplifted once. And somebody's saying, well, I only did acs when everybody else was doing it i'm still a good person you know everyone's got a varying degree of like what they believe in terms of a good person what we are what is universal between all of us is that there is a value system that we put up in terms of making sure that we maintain our belief that we're a good person and in this value system we will say something like at the very extreme end of the scales like pedophilia and people who um, do terrorism and whatnot. And then on the other extreme is like God himself. And I think I am closer to God than I am to like Hitler, who's over on this other extreme. But the truth is for you to deem yourself closer to God, you've, you've got some things which are terrible about you that you're willing to downplay or justify or explain away or you validated through other people enough that you allows you to feel better about it. So for example, if let's say you are a liar, you can come to the conclusion that I have to lie. 
I, it, like it doesn't pay to tell the truth. Then you get some friends around you who also lie to their girls, and you're like, yeah, bro, it's just part of life. That's how we got to do it. That's how players play. Then you go and you 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 get lied to, and you don't like it, and then you're like. And then someone's like, but you lie. And then you're like, no, but mine's different. Yours is always different because you always need a way to say mm. mine isn't as bad. Whenever you're doing that, you've got a really great indicator of an area that you're going to have to work on. And you're going to have to address what's going on up here before you can even really address the behavior of it. You have to go and address where did I fundamentally believe that I need to lie before you can actually address the fact yeah you're not an honest person in your relationships so yeah i'm just i'm I, I i just when you said you're a good person i was like i'm not i'm not here to dispute it or doubt it i genuinely think i'm a good person as well we all think we're good people in some and we look at other people and be like oh that guy that's the real scumbag over there for me i'm good if you ask bro yeah right, yeah because they'll yeah. tell you they're good but like it's just circumstances all i'm saying is when you go and meet someone else and someone else has to commit to you and tie their life to you, you a lot of the things that you you were willing to turn a blind eye to, they won't be. They've got their own version of what's good and what's bad. And they're going to hold you to a standard that essentially is going to shake you up and make you uncomfortable. And you're going to have to address a lot of things that you've managed to explain away. Um, you know, you feel like, let's say, for example, it was lying, feeling like that was cool. Being with a woman who wants to trust you and doesn't want to believe you're out here in these streets is going to challenge you that, no, it's not okay to just lie and just say, you know, say whatever is the easiest thing to say. Um, and, and that's the wider point. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, I actually interrupted you, so please. No, 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 it's cool. I was going to say what I'm gathering from that is like, you have to, like, I can say I'm a good person, but yeah, I don't, I don't really lie like that. I don't really like compared to what that person is. Like you're always kind of comparing it to something else. And, and on that basis, you're like, oh yeah, because they're worse than it. I'm not, I'm, I will never rub a bank, but so I'm not, I'm not a bad person, but then the other things that you would do that it's not, it's not, it's not, it may not be as bad as if you look at it from a, from an outside external point of view, but you still have to like, accountability for for your your own kind of like i would say um little bad habits but because but we, we kind of like justifying and oh yeah you know what i know I'm, i might i might tell a little white lie here and there but it's not it's not compared to that person who, who's doing this and that's what i'm cool yeah. I, I don't gonna address nothing yeah. and then when you come to usually um maybe again with a relationship like it's not the same as marriage but it often should be some sort of preparation and sometimes it's kind of hard when you when you, you can't run away from those things you kind of like brush under the carpet or the things you say to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. Because when that person kind of like literally like interrogates you, you know, not in a bad way, but in a way to kind of say, listen, you, I realize I, I realize this about you, you know, like, rah, and you're like, no, no, it's not. No, I'm not. You just get defensive more. You're thinking, oh, bro, they, they've, they've sussed me out. Shit, what do I do? I've got, yeah. I've got nowhere to go. Like, like, I can't, do I address this or do, do I keep pushing them away? And sometimes, yeah, like, I think that's hard sometimes because you are forced to then be vulnerable and and at that moment in time that person now knows let's say your weakness 
So like now, so I've got no edge anymore. I've, oh, so what am I gonna do? Now? I've got no edge. They know they've they've sussed me out. It's like damn, okay. I've I've got to, no. I can't let this happen. That you just have your guarded up, and it's like, again, I, and again, I'm not talking like a relationship expert or even marriage. I've got mm. nowhere near a marriage expert, but I just feel like, for starters, you have to be willing to like somewhat, not even somewhat, you've got to let that guard down. Have to. You got to let that guard down. Like, although you got to let that guard down because. If you like, I think you know, like some like with as humans, yeah, like you know, especially when it comes to relationships and marriage, like we we get hurt, so we're like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not getting hurt again. So because you don't want that same experience, and I get that, but sometimes, yeah, that's 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 the nature of it, man. Hundred percent. Like, there's a chance that the, the the more you're invested into something, in relationship mentally or wherever, there's a chance that yeah, it's the the more you invest the more it might it might hurt but then are you gonna live life on sitting on the fence all the time hopping from one relationship to the other where like you're like nah I'm not giving this person my all you're only gonna regret it. like you're only gonna regret it. and like and and why why is it? of course I'm not saying like you're the only one you're the only one that like, you're kind of telling people this is what a marriage should be about but one thing that I I kind of like what you said in the past is having someone that is I would say like not in charge of marriage, someone accountable accountable. So for example, you mentioned that you know you you're you and your wife, it's your it's your pastor. So obviously I'm not, I don't know if you if you bring every single issue to your pastor, but it's like that's a someone someone who's kind of objective. They can tell you, you know what, yeah, you're doing this and you're doing that. But you can't but you you, you can't see it from each other. So it's like okay, this is how you need to do that. Because sometimes we just like, yeah, I'm good, they're good, like nah, like you're both stubborn. You look like you know you said something that, that to hurt this person, but you're like, no, nah, I don't want to address it because nah, I'm not sorry. You're not you you apologize first. It's like what happens to some two stubborn people in a marriage? How how are you gonna yep. resolve that? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do when we're conflict? So it's like, and that's the thing because like we're so like, nah, you know, I don't I don't need this person. I'm good on my own anyway. So like, if you do this and that, I'm I'm gone. Like, yeah, people should don't people should have standards. Don't be like if someone's mistreating you, don't just stay because of the sake of marriage. But it's like. There's this oh no, nah, I'm good on my own anyway. I don't like there's just that like it's two big egos coming together and nobody wants to to like lower. Everyone's just like, nah, it's me, me, nah, I'm like, I'm bringing this to the table. What are you bringing? Like, I'm I'm fine. I don't need to work on anything. Like, you need to work on yourself. But it's like, it's just that's what I say. Like, it feels like we're just, we, we hate each other. Yeah. It's always, it's always something like, nah, like, no, I'm 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 a wife. I'm a husband, because I'm good. Like, you know, I make my own money, I'm good, I go to church, I do this and that. Um, yeah, so I know, like, my husband's waiting for me. Like, I deserve. <laughs> like, bro, you know, bro, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, shit, bro, you, you're out here with the AK right now because you are, you are hitting so many targets. No, you but, no, but the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm talking... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm talking about myself as well, so it's not me saying... Again, I'm reiterating because, like, I, I'm putting a disclaimer because I'm not saying, like... I don't. I'm. I'm a novice. I'm. I'm just here. I'm. I'm just me. I'm not saying. Um. I'm not. This not doesn't apply to me as well. It does. It does because again, like I said before, like I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm a good person, so I, I must be alright. You know, I, I'm not. You know, my my peers, they see Jermaine. Oh, he's funny. You know, they see Jermaine. Oh, he helps out. Like so. Yeah, he's he's good. Of course he's gonna. Of course he's gonna find someone good. But it's like, but Jermaine has mental mental some issues that he may not have addressed yet. But because he's good though, he doesn't need to address it. Like you only you only Yo, do the work. You don't know how many gorgeous women are going from bad relationship to bad relationship because they haven't resolved daddy issues or um, you know they haven't ever fully been secure in themselves. You don't know how many um, you know 
otherwise good eligible bachelors are forever sleeping around because they need new sex to cover up the pain of not feeling accepted when they were younger. Like there are so many issues going on here. And, you know, sometimes the dangerous thing even about the way that we determine who's eligible and who's successful and so on is that it makes it harder for us to spot the real problems. So for example, like we can, we, we, in very crude terms, we know that men like beautiful women and women like powerful men. So if you see a beautiful woman or a powerful man, it's very easy to skip a lot of the necessary steps and start to believe that, nah, they just must be good. These guys are, are all good in the hood because look, he's got money, he's got status, everybody knows him. She's gorgeous. Everybody wants her. They're going to be okay. But they may be just as messed up, if not more messed up than the average person, but we just have more dressing on it. We've got more sauces and more seasonings on it, but the, the fundamental meat is bad. And, and this is why I, I really think that if you are in a position where you've got money, for example, as, as a guy, even as a woman, because a lot of women really feel like their money puts them in a good place. And it really doesn't. It, it really, really doesn't. And this is, you know, I, I mentioned him on the but, but, but in terms of in terms of um, financially, it, you mean it does, but not mentally, so, not so much mentally. relationally, marriage wise, women having money doesn't actually do much for them. It might it may be able to afford them a better lifestyle, but on the whole, and this is something that you know um, uh, Kevin Samuels always talks about. Uh, I mentioned him on that, that guy. That guy, <laughs> man, he's a very <laughs> interesting character, and, he, and and the thing is, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good gems in what he's saying and 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 from his research from his conversations and 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 his interest in this you know and from even from what i've observed in life i know that for the vast majority of men women don't become more attractive by getting more degrees or by um make going higher up in their job men aren't necessarily like Men can uh, get with Beyonce and men can get with the girl that works at Tesco who's just banging. And, and, and in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, how banging she is doesn't necessarily change. It might be more bragging rights to say, oh, it was Beyonce. But in terms of the fact that she's very successful, it doesn't always do anything for men. So when you look at the things that men are looking for, they're looking for somebody that can cooperate with them somebody that they're not going to feel like they're in contentious um, antagonism. So if you have a sister, for example, who's doing very well for herself, she, and all of these traits that have done well for her in the workplace, she's been um, assertive, she's been able to call it as it is, she's been able to um, step to somebody and confront people and blah, 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 and all of this stuff has helped her rise up in the business world she can often find herself really confused as to why this isn't working in dating. She's approaching guys and she's telling them, this is what I want, this is how I want it, as if they are, um, you know, subordinates in the, in the workplace or as if they are somebody that she's in a tough negotiation with. Meanwhile, all he wants to see from her is a little bit of vulnerability. Can you be vulnerable with me? Can you be soft? Can you be pleasant to be around? And for that sister, she might even want, deep down, she might even want to be soft. 
But if she fundamentally believes that the moment she shows any weakness, that's where people pounce, blah, 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 blah. She's going to be taken advantage of, so on and so forth. One sister told me that she didn't want to apologise when she was wrong because she felt like that's how women end up getting abused. Did you get there? How did you get from, like... Wait, wait, what? She was, like... Like, basically, she had done something wrong in her relationship. Like, well, you need to apologise. She's like, I don't really like... I don't really want to apologise because I feel like that's where women start getting abused. Like, you say sorry one time and then next thing you know, you're a slave and he's beating you and, and telling you, you know, to, to come and lick the floor or something mad like that. And it's like, this is a fundamental aspect of working with somebody, being in a relationship with somebody, is being able to take accountability when you're wrong and say, I was, I'm sorry. And she can't even get past, she couldn't get past that stage because it, what it represented to her was the beginning of the end, weakness being taken advantage of. And so if you've never fully dealt with that fear and those trust issues, you can come to the conclusion that actually you're good. I'm all good here. I'm strong. I'm independent. I get my, I'm making my money. I'm doing well in my career and so on. And you don't know that you're, everything you're doing is counterproductive to where you actually want to be relationally. Career is one thing, mm. but if you ever want to have kids, you're going to have to work with somebody. I mean, to have, you know, if you want to have a family anyway, you're going to have to work with somebody and it's going to be different terms to the workplace. So you're going to have to understand that the workplace, they don't want to see you get vulnerable. Nobody's trying to see you get vulnerable. They love you to keep a tough exterior in the workplace if you're going into a tough negotiation. But if you're going to share a bed with somebody, they're going to want to see you be vulnerable with them. There's no point in having a tough exterior all the time. But, you know, think about the intimacy of marriage. The intimacy of marriage is essentially saying, like, every night for the rest of my life, I'm going to lie down next to somebody who could slit my throat while I'm sleeping, just put a pillow on my face and just kill me. And every night that we wake up next to each other, when we say, good morning, I love you, or go to bed and say good night, or we pray together, or whatever it is we do, we're reaffirming and building a certain trust that says, look, I laid down naked next to you. You could do anything to me, but you didn't. And I didn't to you. So we can trust each other. We can build together. That kind of intimacy only comes from having a vulnerability. And, and if you're not mm. willing to like be vulnerable, if you're not willing to work through whatever's been a barrier to your vulnerability, you are going to shoot yourself in the foot. You're never going to be able to build intimacy with anyone. And like you said, nothing ventured, nothing gained. It's like saying, you know, I tried a business idea, it didn't work, so I'm never investing money again. It's like, well, then you're never going to get any returns again. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But, okay, can I just throw a... Yeah, definitely. But what... About, okay, but what... I just want to throw a small spanner in the works here, but what about that person... Yes, who has been vulnerable mm-hmm. in, in the past relationships, but every time it's been one hurt after the other. And then now, and, and after the 11th, 11th hurt, they're like, no, nah, you know what? I'm not doing it again. I've, you know, because I've been I've been hurt too many times. That's it. I'm not I'm not doing it again. I'm I'm being guarded. The next person who comes along, they have to do serious work. And whose fault is that? It's that those past 11 people who have literally got he or she to that place. Nope. But so 
is that person right for thinking like that? No. Nope. And it's not, for, for being it, that. It's not those past 11 people's fault. It, it, it's not. It's not. And that's one of the things we really need to address. It's tough to hear, but it's your fault. If you get to the point where 11 people hurt you and you haven't done what I mentioned before in terms of really evaluate, you haven't taken a stop, I have to come to the conclusion that you actually enjoy your own misery. Here's two reasons why. One, one thing I always say about, um, you know, and this is to do with the hurt that we receive from relationships. I really believe that even though this generation doesn't believe in waiting until marriage to have sex, that there's a wisdom behind this. The wisdom behind this is to say, let your intimacy match your level of commitment, right? So if I'm not that committed to you, I shouldn't be that intimate with you, right? And most of my friends can come to my house and have a meal. So you can come to my house and have a meal. But if you come to my house and have a meal, and I said, you know what, actually, I'm not interested in you. It's never going to hurt as much as if, uh, you know, you told me your pin code and we had, you know, the wildest sex. Why? Because you opened up. You gave me more and more. So we have set ourselves up for a lifetime of hurt and, and, and pain that we store up and never see until the, wrong, until the, the, the worst times. Because, one, we're overexposed. If even if you meet 12 terrible partners in a row, they shouldn't be able to get to you all the same way if you are guarding your heart. And so you're making sure that you're not getting too intimate past the level of commitment. They like in 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 the in the way that like mm. holding hands and saying you like each other is around the same sort of level. I like you, you held my hand. If that person breaks up with you, you're not going to fall apart. I held hands with them. You know, maybe the first yeah. time when you're in primary school, but you're going to be like, I held hands with them. It's cool. The problem is you're keeping commitment down here. We don't even need to know each other's names. We don't need to know anything about it. I don't need to know your background. I need to know who you really are as a person. I don't need to know your character. I just need to know that I feel like having sex and you feel like having sex. So we'll do the most intimate stuff with people with the least amount of commitment. That gap right there is called hurt. That's called pain. That's called that's called um, baggage. And so, when we, so that's one of the reasons why if you now get to a point where you had done opened your whole life up and your whole body up to twelve men who've all ended up disappointing you, that you have to take responsibility as a woman and say that's my fault because I really should not have been that close to all of these men. I really should not have given them all access to my body, access to my heart, access to the fullness of my emotions and so on. I should have taken things in stages. And so they would be more committed at the same time. And so if I can see that somebody doesn't commit or at this level of commitment, they're already showing me signs, then I already know that I haven't invested so much that I can't leave right now. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if I'm out on a date with somebody and I already see that they're willing to try and teach the meal, then I'm like, this is not somebody I can trust. Get out now, and you're not <laughs> going to feel that hurt. Whereas what women do is they go, oh, he deets the meal. That's crazy. And then 12 years down the line, when he deets your, your, your mom's pension, then you're like, oh, I can't believe it. Men are trash. It's like, no, he showed you who he was. And you just get <laughs> more and more entangled with the guy until the point where he was so deep in that when he hurts you, you feel it. 
Now, that's one part of it. How much intimacy that we have with the people with the minimal amount of commitment. That's one reason why it's your fault. The other reason why it's your fault is because often the people that we, and this is, I, I don't really go too deep into all of this because there's, there's a lot of new age mysticism and spirituality around this. But there is an element to which we attract often a reflection of ourselves, right? So, you know, in the same way I said that when you, if you have a problem with affection, God's going to give, you actually end up attracting your opposite. So you get end up with somebody often who seems like they just love yeah. to hug on everybody. In the same way, if you are weak and broken inside, you will attract predators. There are guys who know what women who have daddy issues look like. And they know exactly how to target it and how to play, play to it. And you'll continuously fall victim to the same traps until you go and resolve the daddy issues. So being healthy is a huge part of being able to have healthy relationships. You can't, you know, a lot of people love to work on somebody else. And so it's like, look, if only I can change him and tweak him to fit me, I'll be okay. But maybe you need to change you. Maybe, you know, when if somebody's like, um, I don't want a girl who's on social media. What that, there's two ways to approach that. One, you're saying she needs to change because I'm not comfortable. And there's the other side, which is maybe I've got a trust issue and maybe because I've seen some of the madness on there, I need to resolve this within myself because there are plenty of girls who are on social media who are not doing anything about yeah. So why am I trying to impose something here to try and fix everything around me rather than fix myself? Maybe I need to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, so in that exactly. approach, all I'm saying is, if you are consistently getting with guys or getting with girls that you can't trust, then ultimately, uh, come on, after the first one, the second one, the third one, you haven't gone and resolved it within yourself before you go and date again. I'm going to say all of the numbers so you can realize how ridiculous it is to get to like 11. The fourth one happened. You still did nothing. The fifth one happened. You still did nothing. The sixth one happened. This is your fault by now. Seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah. You should have fixed this by now. Tenth, eleventh. Nah. If at this point you're saying men are trash or you're saying, you know, uh, these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I, all, I, all I've taken away from what you said is that you have terrible, you're a terrible judge of character. And it probably shows me more about the pain you have in you that keeps you constantly looking for the same kind of person and expecting a different result. That's, it's true, you're right, because I think in any, in anything, you have to kind of look at yourself and just, even if like it's a relationship or a marriage that has, that didn't work out and you didn't even end it, there still has to be accountability. Mm. Cause sometimes we think, oh, well, they ended it. So that, that means, okay, you know what? I didn't do nothing wrong. I'm cool. I'll go to the next one, but there's still some, and sometimes that's painful to accept because, oh, you know, but it ended it with me. So, you know, yeah. So it was, I'm, I'm, I didn't do nothing wrong. I'm cool. On, on, on my part. Yeah, I was cool. Cause 
they ended up with me. They broke up with me, so I didn't I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. So mentally, I'm good. I'm, I'm good to go to, to the next person. But then maybe that's not the case. Maybe like even if no matter how hard it is, you still had a part to play in that breakup um, ending. Even even if they 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 uh, broke up with you, because sometimes we don't want to, we don't want to think now. Nah, well, I was good. I didn't do nothing to them. Well, nah. So it's their fault. I'm good. I'm 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 the one who got hurt. You know you know. Do you know what I mean? You're also interested about that as, as an observation that I've made is that it's interesting how when presented with the information, somebody doesn't want to be with you anymore because of this. You'll find everything in you will want to attack that person for saying these things, for believing them, or for holding this opinion. But when all is said and done, and this is the nature of a break. And once they've gone and you are left with yourself, what usually happens is you have to reckon with what you were left with. And you have to either come to the conclusion that the problem was them or there's a problem with you. And what's interesting is, you take, for example, man or woman get married. Over the course of the marriage, woman lets herself go a little bit. She starts piling on the pounds. The husband says, I would really like to see you stay in shape. She says, how dare you say that to me? You should love me whichever way I am. Some way along the line, they get divorced. What do you think the first thing she's doing when she gets divorced is? She's doing makeover, my brother. She's going to go yeah. and lose that weight and she's going to start wearing all the clothes that she could have worn in the marriage. But she would start, why? But why is she doing that now? Because now she hasn't got somebody else to blame and contend with. She's only got herself. So if she now goes back onto the dating market and let's say the kind of guys she likes don't like her current shape, she'll go, well, I guess I have to change. I have to change this if I want those guys. Yeah. They're allowed to like what they like and I'm allowed to like what I like. So if I like them and they like this, then... Maybe I need to get back in the gym. But if, if you've got a husband saying it, you've got somebody to fight against and push back against. You've got somebody to tell that they're wrong for wanting it. You, you, you're going to tell him that he should like this. And this is why I'm, I'm saying that, you know, when it comes to these, uh, the, 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 the things we deal with in our minds, we have to really be careful to be sure of who we are and what we believe because you can end up using your partner to fight out internal battles. You know, mm. as a guy, you need to go and hustle. You need to go and work. You're not happy with your money situation right now. Your wife says, I would like you to make more money so that we can get out of debt. And then you now fight her how dare you're such a gold digger. All you care about is money, blah, blah, blah. The moment you guys get divorced, what's the first thing you're going to go and do? You're going to, you're going to go make money. You're going to, you, you hustle. I never, before. You, this, is what, this is what I'm saying. You, this is what's so crazy. Yeah. You, you listen, what's so, if somebody will probably be like this, like, and you guys will get divorced and maybe she sees you. Oh, right. He, he started that business. Classic example. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah. With, um, uh, I think it's a Tyler Perry film. Basically, long story short, basically the guy was like, he's like, he had an invention, yeah. had a plan, 
Um, he got married young and basically the, the plan wasn't taken off for time. And the woman's like, listen, like, just kind of drop this. Like, you've been doing this, doing that. It's not taken off. And then anyway, they, they, they separated, divorced. He got the patent millionaire. Like, and, and literally, he was literally like the man that she wanted. He became that after they did that. And she was like, raw. She was like, oh, raw. Okay. So <laughs> she was like, raw. Okay. Maybe I can try getting back. But but at but at that point they, he had he had already moved on. But anyway, what I'm trying to say in that point is that you trying to, he was trying to fight her because he thinks it's an attack. No, what do you mean I need to go do this? That no, you're meant to be on my. You meant, to, but nah, she's not. She's not fighting you. She's she's trying to encourage you. She's trying to support you. But because you're so stuck in this mental barrier, you're not you're not seeing it like that. You just think, nah, man, you're my wife. Support me. But like, and then now that now that she's gone, actually, you know what? Snap. I did need to hustle, you know. You know what? I, even though with a woman, I, you know what? I did put a bit of pounds on. I'm in the gym six times a week, going ham. Back in the dating market now, and guess what? The guy's like, "Raw, she's looking kind of fire, you know." But uh, but it's the game's the game. Someone else has got her now. But if she had realized, okay, he wasn't fighting me. He was only trying to really want the best for me. But now now I see it, and she's like, "Okay, well, I did, I did. Okay, maybe I was a bit wrong for thinking that." But it's like sometimes because we're so stuck in our own minds. We're just like, yeah, no, no, what do you, what do you mean to lose weight? Don't tell me that. It's the kind of the coming from between like men and women sometimes. Like, oh, you know, the woman will say, no, you need to get your money up. What? Oh, broke shaming. But, but maybe, maybe you do. Maybe she's saying, yeah, maybe do this course, do that course, because maybe in a year you might be there. But she's like, no, nah, but you're meant to be supporting. And a man says, no, you know, you pardon a bit. Maybe we can go gym together. No, what do you mean? You're meant to love me as I am. You can't, you can't win because like sometimes you've got to, not see it as an attack, and I'm and I'm talking to myself here. This is not me bro, saying so to anyone. I'm talking bro, to I'm this it, applies it, it, to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It applies to me as well. So exactly for people listening, it's not me saying that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not expert in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes when you kind of like you come out of that situation, you realize you know what? Yeah, there's so many things yeah I need to work on. That's why more time you probably you're, you're probably thanking your ex. You know what? Yeah, she she was. It wasn't even out out of like you know like yeah you know. This this guy this this guy and shit like he ain't got no money like this she's she's putting weight no it's, it's out of love but because you're so stuck in that mental insecurity mm. you don't you, you just don't see and that's and that's I think that's some well not some a big part of problems in relationships that like in well I don't I can't really speak from maybe you can speak more about marriage in terms of if these issues cross over or because you said earlier with marriage it's kind of like a, a different set of issues you kind of face so like because you like I said before you've kind of like you prepared for marriage mentally, but it's another thing mentally staying in in the, in that mindset to kind of even have a seven year marriage or even a ten year marriage or a twenty year marriage. So, like, what for you? What was those things that helped you kind of maintain that that mindset? First of all, my belief in God. Um, I, I can't uh, overstate this enough. That if not for God, and if not for my fundamental belief that God created marriage, that there's hope because I know God. And that because we both believe in God, we have hope and that God is a God of restoration and all the different things that surround my belief in God. Um, there are times where, you know, we could have been on the same scrap heap of divorce. Um, I used to say that because I... It's a scrap, scrap heap. Bro, it's a scrap heap out here, man. It's, it's, it's tough. Bro, as a comedian, I've emceed weddings that are over. 
I've seen it from beginning to end. It's, it's, it, it hits me every time I think about it. Like, I emceed that wedding. I remember that day. I remember the, the, the dancing and the jollof rice. And now, look, they're divorced. So I, I look at it, I'm like, it, it could, I used to think that because I came from a house of divorce that I could, I, I wouldn't let myself get there. I think it's a strong motivator, but it's not enough. It's not enough for me to will within myself that, oh, I'm never going to get divorced because I've definitely got to that point where I'm like, this needs to end now. This is, this is done. And you can't see any hope. You can't see anything that, that gives you that glimmer of hope that this marriage is going to get better. I've been there. So I'm saying, like, I can't negate how much God has kept me in that process of, first of all, believing that it's possible to continue. One of my biggest um, challenges I had mm. to overcome before I got married was I really started to fear and worry that it wasn't even possible for me as a comedian to sustain a marriage. One of the reasons why I say that, or the main reason I say that, is because my now wife and I had broken up um, based on the fact that I was in America at the time. And we had a conversation about what would happen if my career took off, right? So that if, and, and if there were opportunities for me in America. And I was like, well, we would have to break up because I don't like doing long distance. I'm definitely not doing long distance. And I'm not, I'm not moving any girlfriend with me. That's way too much pressure on the relationship. If you're my wife, then fine. But then I started to think to myself, like, you know, um, I wasn't, I wasn't so sure that like, oh, I can get married right now. Like I've always been married-minded, but now all of a sudden I started having to investigate why. So I looked a little deeper and a lot of the comedians around me were going through divorces. The older, most of the comedians on the circuit were in their forties. They all, they all seem to be getting divorced at this point. And then the last straw for me was finding out that Chris Rock was getting divorced. And I was like, Chris Rock's getting divorced. Come on, man. He's one of the greatest comedians of all time. He's getting divorced? I ain't got no shot at, at, at a successful marriage. You married to Chris Rock and you want to leave him? Nah, man. My jokes can't cut it. And it, it, that's part of what I was saying before about how you, you look at somebody who's got some level of success and you kind of assume they must be good. I, I don't know why I thought that Chris Rock must be his mm. great husband and great marriage. Yeah. But it's because I was admiring him as a comedian. So what I now began to take away from, from that whole process was that like, as a comedian, just something about the lifestyle, the, the outlook on life, blah, blah, blah. It's just not going to work out for me. Now, luckily I had good men around me. Um, and one of them, especially is my barber. Uh, it was Christian. He's married. Um, and talked me through while he was cutting my hair, he talked me through so many of the fears and conversations that I had and really gave me, that hope and encouragement that I needed. Um, and, and that was what was able to, um, to, to change the way I started looking at the marriage. So now by the time I, I get married, I'm like, I've now had enough of those good conversations with married men, you know, not just him, my pastor and other men that I look up to. To the point where I'm like, I've, I've, had, I've had an uncle tell me about when he cheated on his wife. And 
the process of restoring their marriage after that. And I, I've seen him with, that's uncle and auntie, like they look like they're, they are, they got it all together. I didn't know what they've been through previously in their marriage. And when you hear him humbly talk about how he made mistakes, not mistakes, but how he did wrong uh, and how he had to reckon with himself, what he had to do to rebuild his marriage, the steps that he takes now to make sure that this never happens again. I was like, okay, I'm not trying to go down his route, but what it does do is it gives me hope and it does show me that there is a way to resolve even the most heinous of problems. You know, the Bible only gives justification mm -hmm. for divorce in one case, and that's adultery. It doesn't say that you have to get divorced, yeah. but it says that you're perfectly within your rights to do so. So the fact that a marriage can survive adultery was like, whoa, okay then. So if, you know, my wife is overspending on the budget, we can work it out in the grand scheme of things. And, and I think understanding that when you, when, you begin, when you marry somebody and you work through problems with them, the real strength is not in your ability to leave anymore. That's what happens in relationships. That's where your power comes from. Your power in a relationship is that I can walk out tomorrow, today, right now. So you better act up. You, you better not act up, sorry. You better act in behavior because um, I can go now yeah, if, you try and, if you try and act up. The power in marriage if you try and play relationship games in marriage, marriage is never going to get there. The power in marriage is unconditional love. That's when you start to say, if you mess up, so far as you still want this marriage to work, and I want it to work, we'll, we'll make it work. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying that just because I want, it to, I want to stay married to you, it's just going to laugh it off. It's going to be painful. But, I'm going to love you through your worst times and for better and for worse. That's where the power in marriage comes from. That part, that part, yeah. Woo! You know what I'm saying? When you really that part is so, like... But you, but you know what that does? That, that frees up for the deepest intimacy. Can you imagine somebody loving you at your worst? Can you imagine, yeah, the most embarrassing... Right after you finish the porn video, you just finished bashing, the screen has gone black, <laughs> You can see your own reflection. You're looking at yourself and you're going, I am a scumbag. I can't believe I just watched this video. And your wife walks in <laughs> and sees you and the tissue and it just looks depressing. And she's just like, what the heck is this? And she still decides to love you in that moment. Do you know how... When we talk about the vulnerability, when we talk about taking down the walls, when we talk about being able to build intimacy with each other. That is one, that's, that's what the power is all about in marriage. It's about removing the option to go. So we have to work things out. So I show you that before mm, you've done it, I'm committed to you. Before you've even done it, like I'm saying, I'm saying I'm, exactly. I'm putting, I'm putting 50 years on this. Now, obviously we've got situations in which you I'm need committed. to go. Person trying to kill you, get out of marriage. You know what I'm saying? The person is chopping your yeah, oh, hundred percent, definitely. You need to, you need to, you need to go literally to survive, like to still be alive. You know, till death do us part. That person's trying to end the marriage, basically, if they're trying to kill you, mm -hmm. right? So, so far as 
you guys are having spats that can be resolved and forgiveness is is an option and you know you have the option to still both be alive and, and move past this picking that option is the source of your power and the source of the power of marriage because there's no one else everyone else is monitoring you on a day-to-day basis if you are no longer performing your workplace can get rid of you if you are no longer delivering content that people want people can unsubscribe but imagine if somebody said i want to put in a lifetime subscription to your channel before you've even dropped a video you people say that's a bit mad but, but no content but that's that's the commitment of, exactly of marriage, the that. commitment of marriage is saying is, is saying i want to set up the direct debit to pay you for the content for the rest of your life before you've even dropped a video imagine how free you feel imagine how free you feel if i said to you from the, I've set up a direct debit in my bank. They're going to pay you £50 a month as a subscription to your content, right? It's already paid for. It's done. Now, when you're making your content, what you're actually going to do is bring up more of the real and authentic you. If you're trying to do it for profit incentive, mm. you might start changing what you say. If I say, oh, I, if you, if let's say um, I'm a smoker, and you want to do a really important podcast about the, the effects of smoking, you might be like, oh, but that guy pays me 50 pounds, might stop paying me if I do something about smoking. But imagine if that pressure's not there anymore. Whatever you want to do, say it, do it. The freedom and the, the truth, uh, the, the, the space to be your authentic self is more powerful than anything else. And that's why I really believe that like, when you, when you get into a marriage and you offer somebody unconditional love, somebody that you've obviously trusted, vetted, you've, you've, you've taken time to get to know them and you've decided to you've prayerfully move forward into life with them, you are opening up their creativity. You're opening up their uh, opportunities to heal. You're opening up. The, the opportunity for them to become the best version of themselves because now they never have to compete again for someone's love. It's already offered to them. That is fantastic. That's, 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 I, and I think, I think that's, that's what you touched on is so important. And I'm thinking like, maybe that's why sometimes like a relationship, if something does you wrong, you can you can bounce. If someone's, you know, if you're if someone you're saying to this girl or if as a girl you're saying to this man, listen, you need to fix up in this area, this area, and they're not and not they're not taking heed, okay, I'm I'm gone. But with marriage now, it's like someone has like barricaded the door a bit. So you guys have to stay here and work this yeah. out. Rather than so I I can't I can't like I can't say like why most marriages fail but sometimes you know often here yeah maybe because of finances duh, 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 duh. i don't i don't really hear much about because of mental health issues but even i mean there might be some cases there might be in some respects mental health even runs when you through all think of, of it like okay like, mental health runs through all of those topics mental health runs through sex runs through finances it runs through intervening family members it runs through um infidelity all of these issues that we Put at the forefront you say oh i divorced him because he cheated but in that cheating 
there's 12 different mental health issues that you may not even diagnose properly or consider, but mental health runs through all of them. Because mm, because the reason he cheated must be well not must be it, there's a reason mm-hmm. there's a, there's probably a reason that that probably stems back to his mental state he cheated because you know what this wife I don't I, for, I don't know for whatever reason mm-hmm. is is that is you just think okay like he done this and that and like it's it's just so like like I said before it feels like we hate each other but sometimes at the same time like and one thing I do kind of always kind of think not because of Twitter or anything like that but it's like. Cause I wanna, I cause before my granddad passed here, they, my granddad and my grandma were married for like sixty years, and I always say like, cause and the reason why I, I mentioned my granddad, and my, my granddad and my grandma is because my parents, before they passed, they split up, they split up time ago, so I didn't look at them as two people who I can kind of have, oh you know, as inspiration. Don't get me wrong, they were they were they're good people individually. But together it just didn't work and that's that is what it is it happens in it do you know what i mean so i'm like okay like and i think from that i always said to myself i want i want to get married because i want to have what i didn't see from my parents i want to get married because i want to somewhat replicate what my granddad and my grandma had even though that's that's diff, wholly different different generation that's that's that is we're talking years so i don't even and I just think, like, right, can can we even can I have that in, in my in my generation? Like, can have that kind of like sixty years deep, and like, and I'm thinking that like, sometimes there's I feel like there's no hope. Like, is it even possible in the in this day and age? Because like everyone's different. Everyone's like I don't know what it like. We're just different, and there's there's too much egos. Like, I don't know. It's like no one's. If you're not meeting this requirement, oh, that's it. Chop and change. You know they don't. Rather than I'm not okay, you you have your red flags and deal breakers. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes there's no ah oh, no. You know what? Maybe okay. Let me just give that a bit of time. Nah, sorry, no, you don't meet the cut. That's it. I'm, I'm gone. Like I I deserve better. I like no no mental accountability. Nothing. Just vibes. Yeah, I no. Nah, I'm I, six <laughs> figures. I'm good. Yep, yeah, I'm good to go. You said you you said you said you good vibes. Yeah, I'm a good person. I like to have fun. But mentally, I have some issues where like I don't I don't really trust. I'm not really I don't I'm not really I don't know how to be vulnerable. I don't want to be vulnerable because because nah because that girl hurt me time ago. How do you? I don't want to do it. That boy hurt me time ago. Nah, I don't want to open up. How do you? I'm thirty. Thirty. All right. Where's your? I'm fe- yeah thirty. Yeah. Where's your wife? I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stick. Huh? You. I'm not gonna cover your podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, me? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> like I did. No, nah, listen. Ask, but, um... it's, it's it's a free it's a free and safe space. You can you can ask what you want. But he. Say that again. His, his, I, I was just saying that, like, I, I know when I went on free shots, I kind of stuck it on those guys a bit. But um, in, in this situation, I want to I wanna basically say something to you um, from a genuine place. And I think, yeah. you know, a big part of this is going to come from the fact that a, a lot of us as men aren't where we need to be in order for some of these aspects to change. Mm. This, our society, our generation needs men to lead, right? Now, what does that leadership look like? When you, when you lead, you take the decisions, you take responsibility, you set out the plan ahead of time. Now, these things are best suited 
The reason why I ask, I call a mental lead is because it suits our worldview in the sense that in the masculine, when we are being logical and we are weighing up real, real terms against each other, the real cost, the real benefits and so on, we're able to become effectively decisive. Now, the beauty of a woman is in her ability to feel. Now, feelings are important, but they are not leaders. Feelings are a feedback mechanism, right? Feelings are the response, um, the response part of, of the interaction. So if I punched the wall, that was my decision. My hand hurting and the feeling the pain is the response. I can't make decisions based on feelings. Feelings happen after I've made a decision, right? So when we're talking about trying to get married in this generation, the reason why previous generations made it work is that the feeling try to let were not the you cannot go on feelings. You can't sustain a marriage on feelings. You have to sustain it on commitment. When you are talking to me about like, how do you manage to like turn it into a seven year marriage, 10 year marriage, blah, blah, it starts first of all, by deciding that I am committed to you. That is decision-making. And that's the reason why men are required to go and propose to a woman is to say, I would like to propose a lifetime commitment to you. I've made a decision. I've used my masculine brain. And she responds, right? If you go based on feelings, you'll get married and divorced six times in one day if they could make it that quick and easy for you. I feel up, let's get married. I feel like I can't stand you, get out of my life. We would be up and down all over the place. And so this is why when we're talking about can we make it in this generation, the main thing is going to be from when you decide as a man, as a 30-year-old man, that I'm going to lead with strong decision-making. If you sit down with a woman and tell her, I want to marry you, you're already closer to yes than anything else in your life. Why? Because she's seeking someone to respond to. So the day you now sit down mm. with her, you're married, you say, do you know what? One of, the, uh, one of the main decisions and proposals I'm putting towards you is we do not get divorced. We work things out. She's going to respond to that because what does that do? That opens up her need for security. She knows that you're not trying to go anywhere. You're trying to be committed to her. But if you just tell her, I love you, you're beautiful, you've got a big bum, she'll worry about the day that maybe a girl with a bigger bum comes along. What if you fall out of love with me? What if the next day you don't see me the same way, you don't vibe with me the same way? It's never... The foundation is weak. Exactly, the foundation is weak. Whereas if you start with, I am committed to you, it's not the most romantic thing, but I think because we've consistently allowed women to lead in this, in this setup, We've, set, we've walked ourselves into trouble. Women have walked themselves into a position where they're not happy with what they're seeing in men. 
They're seeing overly emotional and feminized men who don't seem decisive, don't seem like they have a plan, but at the same time still want to be submitted to. But at the same time, men have walked into situations and taken on this idea of feeling it out. So they're kind of going, do you know what? I don't feel like getting married right now. I don't feel like I'm ready to commit. I don't feel. They're not making decisions. They're not taking decisive action. So for you as a brother, I'm going to ask you, if you want to be married, you do understand that for you, it's like you don't have the same problems women have. In the sense that you have to wait for somebody to like you and want to marry you, blah, blah, blah. You decide. Mm. You can decide tomorrow that I am I, I'm not wasting time anymore. I'm dating with the purpose of marriage. I met this girl. I want to marry you. This is what I am doing about it. This is the plan. This is what I want you to get behind me on. This is how I want us to work together. This is how I would like to lead you. Would you like to jump on my plan? Would you like to follow my leadership? You come with that decisive action and see how she responds. She may antagonize a bit. Mm. There's still a lot of issues. It's not saying that everybody's perfect. Everybody just moves smoothly. She may antagonize. She might be like, ah, why should I follow you? Blah, blah, blah. I, I want to change the plan. Blah, 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 blah. I want to do All of that is by the by. At the very root of it, as men, if we're ever going to get that marriage we're talking about, and you're thinking, oh, is it even possible? It is possible. When you start deciding it's possible. When you start deciding that, look, as, for the, as long as I live, even if another girl comes by here with the biggest bump, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not changing my mind. If you leave it open that like, oh, this is the buffest girl I've ever seen, you will see another girl and you will, you'll be like, ah, oh, my goodness, but I haven't seen this one at this point. Maybe I should have held my mouth for five more minutes. Maybe I would have seen this one. But if you say, you know what? <laughs> I don't even care if there's a final girl. I don't care if there's a girl that, you know, has this or does this or blah, blah, blah. It's you. And once I've decided on you, that's my, my word is my bond. That is it. It's finished. Oh, now you start to, uh, 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 you start to uncover all sorts. Now you really start to give a woman security. She starts to open up. She starts to give you the best of her. because Why? Because you've given her the assurance that there's nothing she can do that's going to now all of a sudden remove her from your good graces. And if she's a good-natured woman and, and, and she's not taking you for granted, essentially, if she wants her marriage to work well, she's going to now do what is necessary to say, look, you are the guy. If you go and try and get a woman based on how much money you got, mm. a real money man will walk into the building and your girl will jump. She will fusoke. She will absolutely run across the room to mm. go and meet him. And you'll be like, what happened? You don't realize that you spent all this time trying to use money to get her. Whereas if she's decided that regardless, this is my man, it's him, this is my man, that, that comes from after you've decided that you are my girl. She responds with commitment. And once she is committed, and your commitment is, is the most important thing to both of you, that regardless of what happens, regardless of new opportunities, new this, new that, I've chosen you, is me and you to the end, then you can have the 60-year marriage. You can change your generation. You can show your children 
you know, a, a, what a healthy family setup looks like. I'm, 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 I'm currently building it as I speak. I'm not saying this from a position of I've been married uh, 60 years. I'm saying it as a child of divorce who has currently had a longer marriage than my mother and father. I, I noted the, the moment in my head that my marriage extended beyond where my parents got to. And I said, this, is, this has to be a turning point in my generation. I can't, we cannot repeat the stories of old and what I will pass to my children has to be a different story. They have to do something different. We can't keep repeating this. Once you make that decision, I'm telling you, when men make decisions, crazy things happen. And because we spend a lot of time pretending like men don't really mean much or men are interchangeable with women or, you know, we're just essentially the same being and blah, blah, blah. We have, are completely undervalued how much we need men to become decisive in this world. I, I can't stress this to you mm. enough, bro. You can bumble through the rest of your life and yes, it won't look like there's much consequence on you because you can get, there's sex is freely available. You can make money, pay your bills. And, you know, there's always a surplus of women for you as a man. And so you can kind of middle your way through everything. But I can also tell you that the day that you, as a man, decide to start making decisions and commit, uh, when a man decides I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go uh, three times a week and I'm going to commit, you see how his body transforms. When a man decides I'm going to make a, 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 a something that can fly, we get to the point now where men and women alike to just say, yeah, I'm off to Dubai and be there in seven hours. That's because somebody decided. Somebody decided we're going to space. Somebody decided that, you know what? In order for a man to get from London to Paris, I want them to be able to fly there. I want them to be able to drive there. I want them to be able to drive underground and drive onto a ferry and sail there. I want them to be able to take a train there. And every time that decision was made, they committed the resources, the plans were put in place, people followed those plans. Now we see the benefits of it. Can you imagine if a man was sitting around going, I just feel like I should be able to get to Paris. I feel like I should be able to do it. That's how men are treating marriage these days. And so they'll start walking maybe. You have to be decisive. You yeah, can't... they'll start walking maybe and then they get tired and be like, oh, this going to Paris thing is long. I'm not doing that. That man are swimming the channel, you know. They can't do that based on feelings. They have to commit. They have to decide and commit. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really here to stick it on you like that, but slightly I want to... No, listen, I, 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 listen, I don't even see it like that. Well, I just see it as, as me just learning from someone or... Being having the privilege of, of of just taking in the wisdom. It's not even trust me. It's, it's far from me thinking. I have no defensive mechanism. Trust me, bro. It's not even that at all because it's just so key. Like, and obviously everyone's going to be different. But even just to round up briefly, even what you said about commitment, whether that's with why, mostly with a relationship or marriage or anything else, it's not. It's not commitment. It's not going to. It's like this. Like, let's take the gym example briefly, as you mentioned. Yeah, some days mm-hmm. you're not going to feel like it. Some days you don't have no motivation. Some days you have all the motivation, you go. But it's like you mm. made this commitment. You you go, it's raining. Oh, I feel like staying in. I just, it's raining. I don't even want to go because it's wet. You made the commitment. Your wife's nagging you. 
you know what? She's she, this has been the this has been the the fourth week she's been nagging me. You know, I'm out. I'm packing my bags. I'm booking the Airbnb. I'm going. She'd be like, no, she's nagging me, but I made my commitment. It's that commitment, and it's not going to be. It's not it's romantic. Not romantic. It's not commitment. It's not romantic. It's not romantic. And again, they're going to be good. There's going to be bad. There's but commitment is not romantic. You have to be like, I've made a commitment. That's it. I mean, I'm, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna swim to Dover or whatever I'm gonna wherever I'm gonna swim to, I've made a commitment. Mm-hmm. That's I have to I have to go there. So, and 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 oh, shit, cultivate this, this, that's why I wanted to have you on. And cultivating that as a discipline of saying oh, my word is my bond and following through on it. Do you know what happens? All the stuff that you were the feelings and stuff, it follows. You know, after you, you remember when I said to you mm. that intimacy is sleeping next to somebody naked every night, knowing that they could murder you in your sleep, but they haven't done it. I'm saying that as you make the commitment, romance comes. Because you're going to look at this woman who is giving birth to your child and you're going to be like, I just want to love on you. I just want to, I want to show you that you are worth so much to me. I can't believe you're going through this to give birth to our child. I just want to pour out love on you. I want to give to you. I want to do out of the abundance of your heart. All that romance stuff will come. But we like to fake it first. We like to, first date, you're going to candlelight dinner. Well, that doesn't make any sense. What does that mean? You can take 12 girls to the candlelight dinner. They can know you in the restaurant that, oh, this one always brings fine babes here. It doesn't mean anything. But you know, when a man is committed to a woman, a woman's committed to a man, and he decides to make a meal for her and lights the candles, he's trying to say, this romance, I want to show you you're worth the extra effort because... Here we are, committed, having been through no money, um, you know, mad landlord, problems at work, um, stressing our marriage, blah, 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 kids driving us up the wall. But you are still what it's about. That's the real romance. All the, all the, all the fake manufactured stuff, bro, it falls away. Bro, one day you see, it should be a well-watching uh, Michael B. Jordan do the most for Laurie Harvey right now. And we're watching that going, oh my goodness, God, when? You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. So next year, you can see Michael B. John with another. Like, God, it, oh, God, it's me again. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back like, <laughs> God, it's me again. <laughs> God, it's me again. No, it's true. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, there's been so much stuff. And I feel like, you know, you've kind of just put it in a way that, Yes, you know, I'm not telling people what to do, but this is just my take on it. And, and I, I fully appreciate it. And I'm sure even people listening will appreciate it too, without a doubt. Like, because honestly, like one thing I've kind of picked up from, from our conversation is just like, everything can't be vibes, man. It can't be vibes. The commitment and discipline has to come, has, has to be the foundation. Like, because vibes, vibes, oh yeah, you know, vibing, or vibing. But when you're not vibing anymore, when that kind of, when that kind of, um, Honeymoon period is worn off. Whether it's in, in the relationship or the marriage, you're like, oh, okay, so, damn, okay, so this is it now. It's, it's gone. I want, I want that. You move on to the next one. You move on to the next one. It's like, okay, well, now you're in this. You're now you're in that cycle. And you just stay there. So like, again, hopefully one day, God, when I when I do get married, I can commit to say, you know, I want to be with this person, irrespective of. Yes, we go for beauty from the onset, don't get me wrong, but irrespective of whether, like, because you're always going to see someone that's better. That's the truth of it. You're always going to see someone, but okay, but you have to say, listen, but are you going to run every time? 
Ah, oh, this one, that one has a bigger back. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll go there. It's it, bruv, you, you gotta make a commitment and and through through freaking thin. And if you're taking and again, I'm not saying I'm I'm talking to myself as well. Yeah. I'm talking to myself as well. It's not just me, like I'm not because I'm not an expert. This is just my 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 thinking, you know, and it's not gonna be romantic, but it has to be it has to be done. Like and you know, it has also, to be done. If you're you ever know? ever tempted to be uh not committed and to try and go on vibes just remember what it feels like if somebody goes on vibes with you just imagine for if you want an equivalent as a man if you're like oh but this girl's buffer i want to move to imagine how it'd feel if the girl you really like and you're committed to decides that a guy with more status or more money comes into the room if if that if that makes you feel terrible then that's a good reminder for you that that's how it feels when you're not committed and when you are just going based on feelings and vibes. You need to, if you initiate feelings and vibes, if you live by feelings and vibes, you will die by feelings and vibes. If you initiate commitment, sticking to your word, discipline, then that's what you get back. That's what that's what will respond to you. And if if a woman, for example, is on vibes, and she meets a man who's undisciplined. She has a choice. She either has to get undisciplined if she's going to be with him, or she's going to be on vibes and she's going to have to go her own way because it won't work, right? So that's what I'm saying for a man. You have to set pace. Mm-hmm. If you go and propose to somebody or ask them out, you have to set the tone. And if you start off on wishy-washy, she'll give you wishy-washy. And if she tries to set pace on you, it's never going to work because why? She's, ever, she's forever going to look at you like, did he even really ever want me? If I had, if I didn't stick it on him and tell him he has to commit, he has to propose to me, blah, blah, blah. That question was always going to hang over our heads. I'm always going to be pushing them and telling them, like, you know, take initiative, blah, 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 blah. But if a man decides from mm. the beginning, I'm taking initiative, I'm setting the tone, I'm dating you, I'm not here to have sex with you, I actually just want to be with you and figure out your mental state, figure out who you are as a person. And I want to find somebody I can marry and spend time with and, you know, grow wealth with and have children with. And and essentially, if you are still trying to do Hot Girl Summer, I don't think I'm the right person for you. Woman, would you sit up like, well, okay then. Look at this brother who's got his stuff together. And so when you now say, all right, here's my plan, babe. What do you think about this? I'm not dictating your life to you. I'm giving you my plan. I want to hear your thoughts. This is what I would like. I'd like us to get married within six months. I'd like us to, um, you know, to put together this amount of money and put this kind of budget on it. And I'd like us to live here. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I'm, I really like the idea, but can we get married here? Cool. She's going to look at you like, okay, I can relax with this guy. I don't need to, you know, constantly be on his back because this guy is a decision maker. And he values my opinion because he asks me about things. But he's not going to sit down with me you know, for 30 minutes on the sofa going, what do you feel like eating tonight? Yeah, I don't even really know, you know. What should we order? Should we go and deliver or Uber Eats? Chinese or Indian? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of, man, it, all it does is it just makes women go into hyperdrive. They, they, they don't know, they can't trust you because they're like, I don't even know what you stand for. You basically stand for whatever seems to be cool at the moment. So, bro, if that's one takeaway for everybody listening to this, I need the men to get decisive. Let's start deciding. Bro, you, you've given more than one takeaways. 
to everyone listening, all the men, even me, because like honestly, that there's a lot that was unpacked. So I'm not even I'm not gonna lie. And honestly, I think it's just about being honest with yourself, where you are mentally, and don't start working on yourself, but don't expect anyone to do the job for you because yeah you yeah you can say i, I want to get married you you me pure i want to get married because my parents were um were divorced so cool i'm good that's that that's reason enough but there's still a lot of work to be done and that's it but brother it's been listen it's been it's been it's been a good conversation like we'll, we'll be here all night but honestly like i want to just first of all thank you um not only for coming on here, coming on here but being so transparent and being just the realness because sometimes the realness i'm not gonna like even even for a sec you had me on my seat thinking like yo what's this guy gonna ask me when he said like my ass, i was like yo am i gonna edit this part out am i gonna have to cut some parts out because he's gonna put me on the spot but it's it's all love i i, I appreciate it man i appreciate it do you know what i mean no. it's not even i think i look at like oh what, why are you saying this i'm i'm fully relaxed not even no guard up whatsoever so I, I appreciate that other man um but just before we wrap up where can i know you do your sunday service i'm not sure um what the plans are with the courts for, but where can people just generally find you in terms of your work? You've been because you've been creating for quite a long time. I know you're still doing that. Um, so just a little, little plug about you know your Sunday service and things so like yeah, that. So, yeah, Sunday service has obviously been on hold because of uh this Pantene Pro V, but you know, we uh once we are back doing live shows again, we're doing a live show Sunday service with Ola. Um, it's a live comedy show that's themed like a church service, it's got uh stand up and it's got uh, sing along at the end for the closing hymn and it's got you know debate and it's, it's it's a fun show it's got confessions all sorts um i during lockdown i did a podcast 30 episodes called sunday sermon with ola um so you can check out the podcast and uh, as a follow-up to the podcast after each episode um i did an insta live discussion about the same topic so if you want if you want to dig deeper yeah. into any particular topic go to my instagram page at all the comedian uh go to my igtv um not for all of them but for most of them i've kind of got the same title so if you listen to boy mum you can go and find the boy mum discussion um and, yeah. and and see a bit more in-depth exploration with speaking to people on insta live about the topic um uh, but yeah subscribe to my youtube channel um sunday sermon is there as well uh, so some of my stand-up clips and sketches and TV appearances I've done and all that kind of stuff, it's all available there. So mainly like my YouTube, my Insta uh, are the main places where you'll find my content. That's dope, boy. Don't worry about. I'm gonna I'm gonna put all the links, everything related to that on in the episode notes. So that's that's all good. Um, it's been a pleasure. And um, for everyone listening, I hope you've there's been some good takeaways. On all aspects in regards to just relationships, marriage, and and the mental. Because again, that that was the theme, you know. So I get, I, I hope that that does resonate a lot because that that is everything. It's not just one part; it's everything, you know. So, um, you know, like I said, just thank you, man, and it's been a pleasure. But other than that, I just like I said, I, I'll even want to roll up to one of, one of the shows when when after this pandemic is is mad. I just can't can see it, you know, because I think that would be good. Because I've been rocking with you guys for time, not even just you quarters full so um i think definitely like just keep up the good work and just may the marriage continue man and keep dropping those gems man seriously like the streets need it bro the streets Please. need it it's right out. love yeah. man thank you